dwelling prices expected to fall further, but a hard landing looks unlikely. Twenty seconds of May two thousand eighteen, Australia. Australian residential property prices have fallen over the past six months. Additional declines appear likely over the next one and a half years, due to a further tightening in lending standards, a continued lift in supply, potentially higher mortgage rates, and more rational price expectations from would-be buyers. A hard landing, however, looks unlikely, and it's not our central scenario. Overview: Dwelling prices go through both long-run supercycles as well as short-run terms、uh, cyclical trends. The recent evidence suggested that Australia's largest residential property short-run cycle has come to an end. After a little over five years of incredibly strong property price growth, driven by Sydney and Melbourne. Dwelling prices have been deflating. It is our view that prices will to continue to deflate over the next one and a half years. Credit standards are likely to be further tightened. Supply will continue to lift. Mortgage rates are more likely to go up than down, and buyers' expectations have adjusted downwards from exuberance to more rational levels. We do not expect a hard landing, however. Population growth, driven by net immigration, is expected to remain strong, and rental growth is still positive, which measures yields look reasonable in a low interest rate world. We also expected、uh, the unemployment rate to gradually drift lower, which means that the risk of default is low. Given that household debt sits at a record high relative to income, and the RBA cash rate is at a record low, there is also a valid question as to whether we are also at the end of the property supercycle. That is, the capacity of dwelling prices to inflate beyond growth in incomes, as has previously been the case. Is far more limited in the absence of even lower interest rate, as interest rate cannot go much lower, at least not in the material sense. We are unlikely to see the sort of growth in dwelling prices over the next thirty years, and as we as we did in the previous thirty. The intention of this publication is not to explore the long-run property supercycle. Rather, we focus on what we think is likely to happen over the short run. While predicting property prices can look foolish retrospectively, our quantitative assessment of market overlaid with our qualitative views lead us to conclude. That further falls in dwelling prices nationally of around five percent look probable. Probable, driven by Sydney and Melbourne. Latest data. Dwelling prices in the eight capital cities combined fell by point three percent in April. This was the sixth consecutive monthly fall. Dwelling prices are 
now down 0.3% over the year, the first time they have declined in annual term since 2012. Unions have generally been performing better than detached houses. Over the year, union prices were up by 1.9%, while detached houses were down 1%. Unions are generally cheaper than houses, and the bottom end of the market is holding up better than the top. There's,、uh, that's in part due to first home buyer assistance measure in New South Wales and Victoria that came into effect last year. Price falls in Sydney and, to a lesser extent, Melbourne have been behind national move lower. Dwelling prices in Sydney have fallen for eight consecutive months. They are down from four point three, uh, from their peak in mid two thousand seventeen. Sydney dwelling prices rose by around seventy five percent between early two thousand twelve and mid two thousand seventeen. So, with that perspective, the current deflation has so far been quite mild. Price have fallen for five consecutive months in Melbourne. Why are prices falling? To better understand why dwelling prices have been falling, it's helpful to look at why prices rose so much in the period from early 2012 to mid 2017. We start with monetary policy. Because the decision to cut interest rate had the biggest impact on property price appreciation. Between November 2011 and August 2016, the RBA slashed the policy rate from 4.75 percent to a record low of 1.50. Mortgage rates fall as a result. Each interest rate cut essentially means that, for a given level of income, a borrower could serve、uh, could service a bigger mortgage, as all else equal. And it also means that the yield on property looked attractive relative to term deposit, as the return on cash fell. Falling price,、uh, falling interest rates stimulated demand for property from both owner occupiers and investors. It encouraged a lift in the flow of credit, and that helped push up dwelling prices, particularly in in Sydney and Melbourne. However, it wasn't just a domestic demand story. Demand for Australian property, particularly in our two largest cities, was augmented by foreign buyers. As a result, three sources of demand were putting up were putting upward pressure on prices at the time when supply was relatively constrained and struggling to keep up with the population growth. Some, but not all, of those dynamics have started to shift, and that has put downward pressure on prices. First, RBA's policy rate has been on hold since August 2016, but some regulatory changes 
introduced to slow the flow of credit to investors, as well as growth in interest. Only lending has results in higher mortgage rate on some types of loans. These higher mortgage rates have dampened the appetite for credit amongst investors, and that is weighing on prices, particularly in in Sydney and Melbourne. Second, supply has lifted, and dwelling investment has caught up to longer laying demand. Third, foreign investment in Australia property looks to have waned a little. State government stamp duty lifted. Uh, levied to foreign investors rose to between seven to eight percent in both New South Wales and Victoria in the middle of last year. This has had a dampening effect on demand. Four, momentum has shifted. How far will prices fall? Forecasting economic. Outcomes is an inexact sense, and forecasting property prices is particularly challenging because there are so many variables that impact prices. Notwithstanding, we believe there is enough evidence to suggest that property prices are likely to head lower over the next eighteen months, particularly in Sydney and Melbourne. First. Momentum has slowed. Like most asset market, momentum is a powerful force. It has clearly shifted down, and the euphoria around real estate has waned over the last year. The Melbourne Institute of Consumer Sentiment provides a quarterly read on what households perceive to be the best place to park savings. In March 2018, just 11.4 percent of households surveyed nominated real estate as the best place to put savings. That was just off its lowest level in 44 years. Second, credit growth will slow further if we see any additional tightening in lending standards, which at This stage looks more likely than not. From a financial stability perspective, a tightening in lending standard is not a bad thing, but timing is key. Any potential ti-、uh, tightening at a time when momentum is already coming out of the housing market would put downward pressure on prices. Third. Auction clearance rate have moved lower. In the past, auction clearance rate have provided a good near-term guide to price direction and magnitude. Four, supply is rising significantly in Sydney and Melbourne. The recent trend in the building approvals data points to dwelling commencements and. Uh, completion running and elevated levels over the next few years. Our base case for property prices has dumped down by three point three to six percent per annum in Sydney and Melbourne by end of two thousand eighteen.
that would take the fallen in Sydney prices from July 2017 peak to around 7.5%. Um, for Melbourne, prices would be down by around 5% from their November 2017 peak. Some further dwelling prices deflation looks probable. Some further the some further dwelling prices deflation look probable in 2019, and we see the peak to through being around 10% in Sydney and a little less in Melbourne. For Brisbane, we see prices trending sideways over the next one and a half years. Dwelling prices are likely to inch higher in Perth as vacancy rates decline and the rate rents through. Rents through. Rents though. Nationally, we think price will end the year down by around two point half percent, with a similar outcome likely in two thousand nineteen. That would mean the total correction in dwelling prices is likely to be similar to the correction of 2010 and 1989. As always, context is key. A fall in prices in Sydney of 10% from peak to through would um. Take them back to their September two thousand sixteen level, and a fall of around seven and half percent in Melbourne, from peak to through, ah,、uh, would take prices back to their December two thousand sixteen level. We don't see prices softening much in other jurisdiction as they simply did didn't experience the same growth in the prices in the pri prior five year. Period. Why not a crash? A crash could be broadly defined as a fall or、uh, from peak to through. Of around twenty percent, many international observers expected this result. But that would be a significant correction that would require a lift in unemployment rate or materially higher interest rates. We have neither outcome in our central scenario. We see the unemployment rate as more likely to drift a little lower from here, while any tightening in monetary policy is likely to be very gradual. In addition. Australia's high population growth rate, which is driven by a large intake of around two hundred thousand immigrants each year, looks set to continue. Despite、uh, concerns concerns being raised about Australia's strong population growth, there is、um, bipartisan support from both major po、uh, political parties to run a big immigration intake each year. This props up the underlying demand for housing and has kept a lid on vacancy rate in Sydney and Melbourne. Despite record levels of dwelling investment, 
In fact, as dwelling commencement age lower, policymakers may revert to talking about the housing shortage, given the sheer growth in the number of people living in both Sydney and Melbourne. Finally, rental growth remains positive in Sydney and Melbourne. We don't see rents falling in Sydney and Melbourne without a lift in vacancy rate, and that does not appear likely without the change in Australia's immigration policy. As such, rental growth is expected to remain positive in Sydney and Melbourne, which provide a natural floor on how far dwelling prices can correct lower. Impact on economic and monetary policy. Changes in dwelling prices have an impact on spending decisions of households via the wealth effect. The notion that changes in demand are influenced by changes in the value of asset. The theory states that when the when the market value of assets rise. It leads to the feeling of being wealthier, which some uh, which should encourage spending and reduce savings. In Australia, the falling saving rates is evident that a wealth effect has been in play. Now it may be the case that the saving rate declined simply so that households could maintain a modest level of consumption growth in the face of falling income growth. But the point to note is the firmer dwelling price growth gave those households that own property greater scope to reduce saving, giving their balance sheet were optically strengthened. Certainly, there is a high likelihood that the reverse would be true, and the household would rein in spending if dwelling prices were falling. A soft correction in dwelling prices would probably have no material negative impact on consumption, but there is a risk at harder correction in prices、um, of a fall of ten to fifteen percent could weigh on consumer spending via a negative wealth effect. A crash of twenty percent would probably be enough to take the eco- economy into recession. From a monetary policy perspective, falling property price rise a hurdle for an official interest rate hike. The RBA is, of course, an inflation targeting central bank. This means that C-、uh, CPI inflation. Wages and the unemployment rate are the most important data points for assessing the outlook for interest rates, but the housing market also matters. Conditions in the Australian housing market have at times had an influence on RBA interest rate decisions. Back in two thousand fourteen, for example, RBA Governor said that. While we may desire to see a faster reduction in the rate of unemployment rate, further inflation, further inflating an already elevated level of housing prices seems an unwise road to try to achieve that. Of course, history will show that RBA did cut interest rate 
over the subsequent two years, which did further inflate the housing market. But the point to note is that the pace of dwelling prices appreciation played a role in the timing of some interest decisions. Had dwelling prices growth been softer, the RBA would have probably cut the policy rate more aggressively to support the economy as the unemployment rate lifted to uh, six point. Five percent. More recently, in February two thousand seventeen, the current RBA governor Loy said the main effect of another rate cut would be more borrowing for housing, pushing up housing prices. That's true, but an interest rate cut would have also lessened the debt burden faced by households that carry debt. Debts, and it could have also put downward pressure on exchange rate, which is beneficial to economy when you are trying to engineer a lift in growth. It would have been possible to both slow dwelling prices growth as well as reducing the debt burden faced by household with more stringent macro prudential policies, but. That's a conversation for another day. The upshot of a recent cooling in the housing market, coupled with our expectations for further dwelling price depreciation, is that it raises the bar a little for interest rate hike. Just like the overheated housing market raised the hurdle for policy easing over the previous few years. Conversely, it lowered the bar for an interest rate cut should the labor market falter. Market pricing for an interest rate raise continued to drift out. Current pricing implies a roughly fifty percent probability of an interest rate raise by March two thousand nineteen. We have the RBA on hold until quarter, quarter one, two thousand nineteen, but the race is no move until well into two thousand nineteen.